0: enemy works on us that we don't see is that if he can get you to go back on your testimony in some shape form or fashion because even through trauma or time when you are dealing with somebody all of a sudden whatever standard of holiness or whatever standard that God was trying to do in you starts to get lessened by someone that's wrapped up in carnality so the joke was funny but it's messing with your Holy Ghost I don't think we like that because we think everything that's funny we're supposed to laugh at. Not realizing sometimes it's lessening the anointing on your life while you're laughing. Because it is pulling you in a direction that you were never meant to go in in the first place. See how the church got quiet? Because we want want everybody to love us and we want to love everybody. That's not reality. There's some people you don't need to love. There's some people, and when I say love, I'm not talking about, oh, you're supposed to have Jesus love and love everybody. Okay, we got that. Thank you. Um, I'm talking about a deeper level where you are engaging with them on a deeper level and you're getting so tied up in them. And it's almost like, you ever had a friend that no matter how hard you told them not to do it, they just did it anyway? And now you start, watch this, carrying the weight of their stuff instead of dealing with your own stuff? Look at somebody say that's a soul tie, that's a soul tie. Because if I love you, watch this, I will love you to the place where even if I give you advice and I try to show you the way, I know how to love you and sometimes even have to love you from a distance. You don't have to be in my face 24 seven in order for us to be friends. Because if I have to be that clingy Then I need to realize what is missing in me That's drawing me to that person To be so attached to them And what I start to do Is I start to expect them to do things That God is supposed to do So God is supposed to fulfill that need But I I, 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 I make you do it And what happens with a lot of our relationships It hit us and hit us well We wear people out trying to make them do What only God was designed to do They have no energy for us because we wear them slap out. Honey, I can't talk to you every day. I can't can't be on the phone with you every single time the, the man broke your heart that I told you wasn't no good for you in the first place. At some point, You're going to have to learn a lesson, and I know how to love you from a distance. God bless you, praying for you. I'm wish the best for you. But I understand that I can't keep requiring something from you that I should be getting from God. Fulfilling the need and avoid of loneliness can be a dangerous thing. Can we just be honest, and I'm going to go ahead and raise my hand. How many of you know there's some people that you allowed in your life just because you was lonely? That you know wasn't no good for you just because you was lonely and loneliness is only a void that can be filled by God did y'all know that see you can be married and still be lonely marriage does not solve loneliness you can have thighs laying right next to you in the bed and still feel all by yourself you can just get finished having sex and still feel alone (laughs) some of y'all see most times when I got done I felt alone all by myself. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Let that marinate for a minute. So, so what happens with a soul tie is a soul tie will create you, will start making you try to uh, fulfill a need that only God can fulfill. That, that, that. Now, let me be clear. There are some. There are good soul ties, and there are ba- bad soul ties. Pastor sheep, a sheep, a shepherd relationship is a good soul tie until it becomes demonic. Okay? Now, what do I mean by that? A shepherd sheep relationship is, is a soul tie that my job is to push you into your destiny of what God has for you. But when you get so needy to the place where you got to talk to me all the time, and you can't hear God, all you can hear is me, that becomes a bad soul tie. That's toxic. Because there's some things that only God can give you that a pastor can never give you. That doesn't diminish my role. That doesn't diminish what God is doing in my life. But don't make me so big that God can't do what he needs to do in your life. It's almost like when you see people in church who, when the pastor says something, yes, sir, pastor. But then when you say it, dad, like you ain't hear it. Why is that? There's something wrong with that. So we have to understand that there are good soul ties and there are bad soul ties. I want to lift up something else. Um, Anybody else? Something that you got out of the word, something that um, spoke to you, something that resonated with you, something that blessed you. Anybody? Come on. I want to start giving giving your name. Your name was Marcia. I need y'all to start learning. And your name is Kendra. Go ahead, Kendra. You have to get rid of that.
1: Yes, because I understand that every time I go back and look at my cute pictures, I think about what could have been or what I want to happen, and it's not actually going to happen. So
0: I need to get away from that. Yeah, because it keeps bringing you to a certain place that you're trying to get free from. Yeah. Right. I know it's drastic. I mean, I know. You know, it's drastic. You still got the teddy bear sitting on your dresser right now. Just stepped into your house and saw it sitting up there. The jewelry is in the jewelry box right now. It's still sitting there. But if you don't, if you don't abandon the past, when Elijah came to Elisha, when Elijah came to Elisha, and Elisha saw what Elijah, how God moved in his life. The Bible says, uh, Elisha goes to Elijah and say, alright, I'm gonna go with you. Elisha, Elijah the one that was walking in what he wanted, tells Elisha, all right, you can come with me, but go burn the, the yoke of the oxen, because he's caught him plowing in the field, and he said, go burn um, all, that, all that stuff, go burn it. Now, that's drastic. What is he saying? He's telling him to burn it, because he said, if you are going with me, you got to make sure you cut off any connection to the past. You can't have this as your option B. You can't have this as something you can go back to just in case this don't work out. And sometimes we hold on to people because we're not sure if God gonna work out. Sometimes we waver so much that we don't trust the will and hand of God on our lives to the place where we learn how to burn all that stuff and let it go so that we can go with God and what God has for us. I need you to say this out your mouth. Say, what's ahead of me is better than what's behind me. I need you to say that to your neighbor Don't touch them, because Corona going around Say neighbor What's ahead of me Is better than What's behind me If you don't believe that You will always go back to what you used to do If you don't believe that You will always have to go back to the teddy bear Because the teddy bear still give you a connection That somebody's there It's a stuffed animal It ain't never going to hold you You will hold it It'll never make you feel better. And most times it make you feel worse. Mm-hmm. You got to burn it, you got to let it go. You got to release it, because if you don't release it, you will always play it as an option in your mind and it keeps you tied up even longer. You got to let that stuff go. And it's hard, I ain't saying it's easy now. Don't get it twisted. I ain't saying it's easy, because you like the purse. Mm -hmm. it's the most expensive one you got because you wouldn't pay for nothing that expensive for yourself (laughs) oh I spent time with God this morning I hear him clearly (laughs) he said you got to let it go because if you look at that and it brings residue of what used to be and what was then that soul tie is still there and you got to disconnect it got to disconnect it. You got to let it go. I ain't mad at people that delete people off their uh, social media. I ain't mad at people that take pictures off their social media of a season that has passed. I used to judge it, because I used to look at it like, child, mm. see, they ain't together no more, so you're going to take all their pictures down. But I ain't mad at you, because you got to do whatever you got to do to get free. And if I have to take you off, in order for when I scroll back, I'm not sitting up there crying and weeping over what was and what could have been and all that. Then if that's what I got to do, desperate measures call for desperate times, call for desperate measures. I got to do what I got to do in order for me to be free. So I ain't mad about it. But it is, it is hard. It is difficult. It is hard going through your phone and deleting numbers out. It is hard. Anybody else? Anybody else? If you, if you come in as well, just come on, stand there so we can do this quickly. Yes, ma'am.
1: Hi, Priscilla. Hey, everybody. Um, I hated it Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that was rough. But I guess my biggest thing is right now what I'm dealing with is knowing the difference between a soul tie and unforgiveness mm. and trying to figure out which one it is so that I'll know which way to pray and confess and how to, like, go down the
0: line. As long as there is unforgiveness, it is a soul tie work hand in hand See. right that's so why I didn't
1: like it sometimes.
0: <laughs> because sometimes now I get this watch this it is not the memory of a physical memory it is the memory in your heart and as long as there's a memory in your heart if there's no unforgiveness then you will always come back to that place all over again right so unforgiveness is is and it's another point I was gonna talk about tonight is so no that's fine it, unforgiveness is so necessary because if you don't get to a place where you forgive what happened you will never release them so here's what happens with church people let me show you this you come to church God gives you a great service you come to the altar or you sit at your seat God frees you 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 feel a release in your spirit right what unforgiveness has a tendency of doing is hiding long enough for for you to think that what was past has passed And then popping back up at the opportune time to remind you it ain't past. You ever thought you was over somebody until you saw them? Or somebody mentioned, oh, y'all ain't that petty, but can I just be honest? Sometimes I'm over people until you mention them. And the moment you mention them, all of a sudden I can drug back up all the stuff. I can go down the line of all the stuff they've done wrong to me. Because unforgiveness is a secret silent killer that will tie you back up to what the Lord just released you from in that service. And this is what, um, I, I, let me say this. And the Lord said, to, said this to me after that service on Sunday. I said, Lord, what are you doing? Because like, you know, um, you know, I try to be t- time conscientious. We done spent, what, two, three Sundays now getting out 1230. I said, when did we get over here in this lane? And so the Lord said to me, he said, um, stop worrying about the time because i'm freeing the people because where where freedom and this church and these people are going they got to be free and if time is going to stand in your way then they will never get free and so i was praying and i said okay lord what are you doing he said i'm freeing the people i'm freeing the people i'm freeing the people what I notice is that when you're trying to get beyond that place of where that unforgiveness keeps coming back up, this is where the Bible says, the word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against it. You got to get that word so down in you. So what I notice some of you are doing is that you come on Sunday, you listen to the message, then you go listen to that podcast again. Because what you're realizing is in order to stay free, I got to surround myself with the word. I got to eat that word and eat it over and over again. Some of you need to I'll just give you this example. I remember when I was in a relationship I shouldn't have been in and the Lord had to free me, there was a message that I had to listen to over and over and over again to the point where if you put it on right now, I know how to recite it word to word. Because that's what it took in order for me to get free from that situation. You're going to have to get to a place where you ask the Lord, Lord, uh, um, I want help me to forgive. Forgiveness is a choice, number one. But give me the power to forgive. And help me to get so much word in me that when I hear them or I hear about them, that I, that is that it's so beyond me. That watch this. You know how you really get to forgiveness? Start praying for them. Lord, bless everything they touch. Even though when they touched me, it was a curse. Lord, whatever's in their heart that is hurting them, heal them. I was going to say
1: make it worse, but heal them. (laughs) 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 Heal them sounds much better. Heal them.
0: (laughs) Heal them. (laughs) Something that was said last week, and it's so true, sometimes maybe you were the person that God used to show them the better way. And it might hurt you. This is what I realized about God. God don't mind you hurting for his glory he don't mind look at his own son so he don't mind and I know you know some of us are masters not of of weeping and crying and falling out and all that and God looking at us like I'm gonna get my glory out of you one way or the other voluntarily or involuntarily so now if you are over your pity party get up and still give me glory and so you have to understand that maybe God sent you as an on assignment to be a light to them, even though they couldn't they couldn't see it. What is that question for us is the problem, is we feel devalued by what they did to us. And your value never came from them in the first place. Because if your value comes from them, when they leave, they took your value with them. Honey, I was valuable before you met me. So I'm going to get back to that. I'm going I'm to get back to that, how you how you switch that thing around. Yes, sir.
1: My name is Dave. What's going on, Freedom? Everybody good tonight? <laughs> I feel like I'm performing. <laughs> um, oh, let me back up. Let me back up. Um, pretty much prior to Sunday, I felt the only, the only thing I knew about soul ties was through the physical, like through the sexual. Sunday, I was like, oh wow, I ain't realized realize Soul Tales was just more than that, just the touch and the time and the trauma. So, pretty much, I'm kind of piggybacking off of what Kendra said a little earlier about praying, confessing, and I, I did a mass of removing objects. Like, all the pictures that I was hanging around the people the last few years, or 10 years, I deleted out my phone, some phone numbers, So pretty much I wasn't on social media at all. So I just got back on like this year, but this time I added the people that I needed to add back, not just everybody staff. So I did a massive reboot because I knew, because I know God had something in store for me,
0: And I think another thing that we have to understand, even when it's not about, because you can have a soul tied to a, a parent that wasn't there, yeah. right? So you have to see it from a different aspect. Um, it is amazing that I have seen people weep and cry over a parent that treated them horribly. Right. Yes. Right, because that is not necessarily, necessarily about touch, now that's about trauma. There's some trauma that happened along the way that has Uh, connected me and tied me up in a negative way and what watch this the soul tie if you start to get to the root of it because remember I asked you, you have to have ask the Holy Ghost to reveal to you what is going on and what ends up happening is you'll start to see that the soul tie was produced through bitterness or the soul tie was produced through rejection and so because if, the, if when the Holy Ghost reveals that to you And you see that that's the trauma of how the soul tie came through Then you start to ask God God, I need you to heal me in the area of bitterness, rejection, whatever it is Because that is the tie that has me still connected to them I'll go back to what you said When it talks about unforgiveness Sometimes the reason why I'm still connected it, it, Yes, I'm unforgiving because I won't let go of the bitterness of it You did me wrong, now I got to see you with somebody else Ain't nothing worse than dating somebody and then uh, 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 six months later they get engaged about to get married. (laughs) For real? Like seriously? You act a plum fool with me. And then you turn around six months later, you walk down the aisle? And then here's what we do. This is how the soul tie gets deeper. Watch this. It gets deeper when you start to say to yourself, child, she ain't you got to hate on her in order to feel good about you. You got to hate on him in order for you to see I got quiet. In order for you to feel better. Yeah. That's how you know the soul tie's still there. Because you have to look at it and say, God bless. I know what you got. Praise God. And maybe that works for you. It just didn't work for me. Yeah. And it's okay. Look at your neighbor and say, it's okay. It's okay. It didn't work for you. Praise God! It's quite okay. I throw rice. <laughs> Y'all see that? All right. Anybody else? Anybody else? is hard I think that was the roughest part of that message for me was the messages that we internalize that somewhere along the way it was told to us and we internalize it to the place that we started living our life out of that okay i want to go to that real quick and I I just want to pick that up um, because I think that's a great place to um, uh, pick that up hold on give me one second let me find it on here Uh, and can you go to that as well the messages Um, So, when the soul tie comes into play, what ends up happening is that it is because a message that you have received that has taken root in your heart, and now you start to live out these messages. Now these messages aren't the only messages that you receive through a soul tie, but these are like one of the main four that you receive, all right? And the first one was, uh, I love you, but go away. So in other words, you encountered somebody that was warm and loving on one end, and hostile and rejecting on the other end, okay? It is almost like a yo-yo relationship. Um, Let me be clear. This is difficult because now we live in a generation that is overly medicating certain areas. Now I'm not taking away from mental illness, but there's some of us that operate out of this because that's all we know. So our mood switched so quickly that I love you one minute and I hate you the next. We all over the place with it, right? So this leads to you being attracted to the person that is loving one moment and hostile the next. Some of you had to deal with parents that were like this. You ever know you ever know people that when they need something from you they nice. And the moment they don't need you? Right. Because that's the message that I love you uh but go away. It is it is something that 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 it is the only consistency of that relationship is inconsistency. That's why we live in in sometimes drama filled relationships, because all we know is the inconsistency of of a person that's all over the place. Can you love me even when I get on your nerves? Can you not reject me even when it doesn't? Even when I'm not saying the thing that you want me to say? Or watch this. Can you still love me when you don't understand me? right because what happens is when you internalize this message then you become comfortable in chaos anybody that can switch moods and go back and forth like that you need to you need to get a closer eye on because you need to ask what's really going on here because I can't be with someone that is that inconsistent in who they are question and put it like this would you leave with your children with somebody like that So how can you sleep with somebody that's like that? Mm -hmm. And what happens is, this this is hard, this is hard. When you accept this message as life, then you subconsciously, if you don't have chaos, then you will subconsciously create chaos. So everything going along fine. And all of a sudden, I got to create chaos now. I just talked to you five minutes ago. Call you back. Hello. What's wrong with you? Nothing. I just talked to you five minutes ago. Because if everything is going along just fine, let me create some chaos. Y'all do that in the church. Mm Mhm. Oh, we do that in the church. The Lord bless real good. The Lord start taking his church somewhere and all of a sudden. Oh, that's not good enough. Let me just start an argument with somebody. Because we are comfortable in chaos, and so we subconsciously create chaos. Here's a second thing that we do. You you can't do anything right, but I need you. This is the second message. You can't do anything right, but I need you. This is where you can never meet the standards of someone um, in your life. They, They created these standards of perfection that no matter how hard you try, was never enough. Some of our parents created us to be super overachievers because the message that was received was whatever you did was still not good enough. So if you made six A's and one B, they're looking at their one B. And no matter how hard you tried it was never good enough because you were never good enough, but they kept you around, what ends up happening? You become a person that feels like you're not validated. Mm-hmm. So you start to believe that everything that goes wrong is your fault. I have a bad habit of this, that when something goes wrong in this church, I automatically start blaming myself. Every single time, um, I automatically start blaming myself. Somehow, I must have missed the mark. And then one day, I was talking to a preacher friend of mine, and I'm just blaming myself, blaming myself, blaming myself. He said, "Philip, you do know church people crazy, right?" I said, "But it was my fault." He said, mm-hmm. "Everything ain't your fault. Sometimes people are just crazy." You just got to settle in the fact that they're crazy. If, if they, if they, the, you, you get to this place where you think everything is your fault. So you take the blunt, the brunt of all that goes wrong in the relationship. Watch this. And then you become an overachiever in the relationship trying to put, trying to prop up something that can never stand on its own. You kill yourself in a relationship. So watch this. So then you grow up with this mentality. Watch this. I got to give all I got and they ain't giving nothing. Because you trying to prop up something that will never stand on its own. You ever seen people that try too hard to keep a relationship? And you looking at them like, you know they didn't check that a long time ago, right? Because you were needed to feel inadequate. So you struggle to always fix things you gotta fix everything, you have to be in control, 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 you can fix all things and when things don't, when things all around you, everything fixed, you break it just to fix it. I was talking to somebody about this the other day and this is heavy. Sometimes people become the villain so then they can become the, the hero. So let me pick a fight with you so that somewhere after I done had an emotional exchange, now I can play play the hero. It's getting quiet right through here. Because that's all we know. Because we, we were made to feel inadequate, and so if I do all this, now I feel adequate. I feel validated because then I become your hero. Not to realize I was the one who broke you. So, you are constantly trying to fix things. You're constantly trying to fix things because you need to be needed. You need to be needed. You are drawn to people who are overly dependent and highly critical, carrying folk, carrying people. Can I tell you something? Watch this. I think that some of us, the reason why we're so worn out is because we're trying to carry people we were never equipped to carry in the first place. Your job ain't wearing you out. <laughs> I was about to say something. People out. I was about to use another word. <laughs> okay, y'all got it now. All right. <laughs> Light bulb came on. <laughs> yeah, you're worn out because you are trying to carry people that you were never designed to carry because you need to feel needed. So you get with people that are overly dependent. And watch this. And when people act like they don't need you, you reject them. They ain't into me. No, you just walked into a, a relationship, somebody that's a little bit healthier than what you used to have. This is a struggle for men because men tend to think that the only way that I can be pleasing to a woman is I have to get a woman, unfortunately, that is overly dependent. So when I run into a woman that got her stuff together and don't need me for nothing, I reject her because she's too much of a problem. Now she ain't a problem. It is just that she know how to take care of herself, and all you've dealt with is overly dependent women that need to be propped up every five minutes. Okay. Uh, the third message that we internalize, are y'all getting something from this? The third message is I'll be there for you next time. So you learn not to want. This was heavy right here. So you won't get disappointed. You become detached. So in other words, um, somewhere along the way, someone you ran into gave you the message, I'll be there for you next time. So there's a lot of abandonment that goes along with this because there were people who you had an expectation that was going to be there that let you down, that dropped you. So this kid, this comes from father-daddy uh, issues. Sometimes it's even mama issues. It's mama issues, especially if you grew up in a house where the mama preferred her man over you. Not her husband. Catch what I'm saying. Who preferred her man over you. hmm And so you, you're you left disappointed. If you grew up without a father or absentee father who said, i show up but don't. Who wasn't at the the, the the games and didn't come to, to to the graduations and didn't do all this stuff so you, you grow up not um, asking or wanting for anything so you don't get disappointed and it makes you detached this causes you to, you to become tired, resentful and ultimately angry you're in a relationship but you're always angry and you don't even know why you're angry you know why you're angry because you don't know how to speak up for yourself So you just take whatever. Living beneath or accepting beneath who you really are. Breath and britches, that's all they are. They add no value to the relationship. They bring nothing to the table, but because you have lowered your standards so much, because you don't want to feel disappointed any longer, you put no responsibility on anybody to be the best they can be, so you are walking around angry because you refuse to speak up for yourself. Because you think if I speak up for myself, I must. that, that means I start an argument. No, what it means is I have a standard, and I need to be clear on what my standard is. Okay, um, you carry everyone you're you carry everyone you're in a relationship with, and the only way you'll be happy, this is this message. Once you internalize this, the only way you're gonna be happy is if you have someone that reads your mind. What's wrong? Nothing, honey. I don't know what that means. You gotta open your mouth. Look at your neighbor. Say, open your mouth. Can't nobody read your mind? I don't care if you're married to a prophet. Can't anybody read your mind? There's no such thing as somebody that's going to read your mind. I don't know what you want to eat. I don't know. I don't know why you're angry right now. You should know. Why should I know if you've never said it? I don't know. I can't read your mind. You see you see this whole tie? Because now the expectation is for you to do something that only God can do. Only God knows what's on your mind. And, and when you walk in this, asking for something makes you feel unsettled. So what it produces into you, I dealt with this on Sunday, is two fears. One, asking for it and not getting it, and that reinforces that you're not worthy. Because that take you back to when you asked your daddy to show up and he didn't show up. That takes you back to uh the relationship that you were in for all those years and they dropped you. So it re- reinforces for you that you're not worthy. And two, it is if you ask for something and actually get it, it's so unfamiliar to you that you don't know how to handle it. So we say you look nice in that, and you be like, This whole thing. Girl, that happened for you. Yeah, but I ain't say nothing about it. Because you don't know how to handle a compliment. And I said this on Sunday, so this type of person only is happy in relationships with a fantasy hero. You have to create a fantasy of a hero in them to even stay in a relationship with them until you find out that that hero got flaws and then you get disappointed all over again because you're looking for the hero of your father. Okay, number four number four. Uh, everything is fine, don't worry, but how can I deal with all this? This is heavy because some of you were raised in environments where you knew stuff was going on, but ain't nobody say what was going on. And so you send a question like, okay, you're telling me everything all right, but I know everything ain't all right. So the result is that you 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 develop this idea that you have to be the superhero. So you were the person that always had to chill your mama. You were the person that always had to prop up everybody around you, even as a child. Your mama turned you into her her little husband and your mama mama turned you into her little girlfriend because she would not express to you what was really going on. So you believe you have to take control. You believe that you can control life. That's a harsh reality right there because that's so much weight that you are carrying you become an overachiever you're highly independent you have to prove something and you have to be in control and then when you can't control life this person has accepted this message it makes you fall apart just makes you fall completely apart so I want to talk about I want to give you a couple of extra things that I did not give you on Sunday Um, we talked about how to break soul ties so number one we already talked about it uh, is pray and confess you got to pray and confess. You have to shine light on darkness and confess it. Uh, James 5:16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other, so that you may be healed. And the prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. You first want to c- confess your sins to God. He's the one you're repenting to. Okay. Um, you have to confess your sins to God, um, but you also need to have someone that you confess your sins to that that it, that can uh, help you to. Get beyond, uh, help you to to loosen and break the soul tie. So, you need somebody in your life that is like an accountability partner. Okay? An accountability partner. I want to be clear about this. Pastor can't, sometimes, pastor can't be your your accountability partner because you won't tell pastor the truth. I hate counseling sessions sometimes because people will sit in front of me and tell me a pretty lie instead of telling me the ugly truth. So they sanitize their testimony. Well, we had an argument. No, you called him (laughs) a Fill in the blank. But see, they're not going to say all that in front of me. So you need an accounting partner. But let me be clear. You need somebody, watch this, that ain't where you are. Stop trying to get people that are just as dysfunctional as you in that area to be your accountability partner. The blind can't lead the blind. How are we going to lose weight and we both sit up here eating ice cream together? Look at somebody, it don't work like that. How are we going to hold each other accountable about our flesh issues and we both a mess? Because watch this—you got to get beyond saints of God, especially in freedom. Because I, because there are certain dysfunctions of a pastor that I start that will the people will have as well. And the pastor—one of my worst dysfunctions is I'm a loner, and I pastor a bunch of loners. <laughs> Just is what it is. Am am I telling the truth? Okay, I pastor a bunch of loners. Okay? This is why this is why y'all came to freedom, because y'all couldn't fit in <laughs> nowhere else. Okay? So I passed a bunch of loners, and I get that. There are certain dysfunctions of the pastor that you will see in the people. And so one of the dysfunctions is that, that you're a loner. The problem with that is that when you ask people to pray for you, you, you don't say what you really need prayer in. So you ask for general prayers. The problem with that is you're only going to get general results. You need somebody that can that can snatch the covers back and say, hey, I am horny as I don't know what. I need you to help me and pray for me in this season right through here. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And some, depending on what your issue is, sometimes your accountability partner can't be the person of the opposite sex. Because they won't PRAY on you, they'll PREY on you. just my best friend. Okay. (laughs) Keep playing if you want to. You'll get between a rock and a hard place and we'll say something else. Look at your neighbor and say, he talking good now. You need someone you can look up to that can look beyond your facade and see your future. Not your facade. Not Not what you show church people. The real you, okay? And you need to repent of any sins that involve that person, okay? Um, and, and if, if let, me, let me put it like this. So I said pray and confess. What are you confessing about? You need to confess or repent of any sins that involve that person. So this, I didn't say this on Sunday. So if you had adultery, fornication, whatever it was, it is vital that you repent those sins and receive God's forgiveness for it before you can go about breaking the soul tie. Because what good is it for you to break a soul tie that you have not repented to God for and, watch this, and accepted his forgiveness? Because sometimes what's binding you up is that you don't think that God has forgiven you you haven't received the forgiveness of God in that situation so you are still carrying around the guilt and the shame of what you did and you can never get freed up as long as you are carrying guilt and shame so when you repent you are repenting of the specific sin fornication adultery whatever it was and then you're asking God you're saying to God God I receive your forgiveness in this area okay because I have to break this soul tie if I'm going to repent I got to say I got to be specific not Lord forgive me be specific. Call that thing out by name. Okay? Go to God in repentance and ask God to remove the soul tie that you have in your life. All right. Number two, I told you you got to cut off lines of communication. You can't keep hanging around talking to the person that you have a soul tie with. Because all of a sudden the conversation gonna go left. Even if y'all are not on a sexual tip anymore. Let me let me be clear. Even if you're not on a sexual tip no more, I promise you that they're going to drug up what y'all used to do somewhere, somehow. And all of a sudden, your mind is imagining. hmm You start rehearsing it in your mind all over again. Watch this. And this is how the enemy gets you. And you can't see that three days later, you sitting at home and telling me, I don't know why I'm so horny. Because the seed was planted, and all they did was water it, and all of a sudden, you got a harvest. You got to cut it off. You got to cut it off. 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 33. Do not not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. You got to cut off lines of communication. You shouldn't be stalking them on social media. Stop looking them up. Stop trying to see what they're doing cut off lines of communication unfriend them okay you might need to um you might need to block them honestly because if you unfriend them don't they pop back up in people you may know that people may you may know is a devil you hear me it is a devil well i don't know you but i want to know you <laughs> Some of y'all, I'm too honest for y'all sometimes, okay? You need to delete their phone number out of your phone. You know what the link is that's back to them? You know what that link is? You got to get rid of that, okay? And sometimes, depending on what the situation is, you need to have a final conversation and say, listen, I realize I still have a soul tie. There's something that the Lord is trying to deliver me from that I keep holding on to, so this got to be our last conversation. Love you, praying for you. God bless you. Um, No, you don't need to say I love you. You need to say praying for you. Pray for me as I pray for you. God bless you in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Because I refuse to fall back into the same trap that got me tied up the last time. Number three, I said you got to get rid of of any related objects, objects that remind you of that person. Objects that were gifted to you by this person, gifts that were given, notes that were written. You gotta get rid of it. Pictures of clothes that you would wear around that person. Things that if you came across them in your house, it brings up memories and take you back to a place where you had the soul tie. Because you don't need to conjure up memories. Sometimes that's your worst enemy. That's why the Bible says casting down imagination and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. Because your imagination will run away from you. Ever met somebody and you imagine within five minutes. Spending the rest of your life with them? Some of y'all already got in mind, you ain't dating nobody, but you know exactly where you're going to get married. You know what dress you want? (laughs)
1: Because
0: your imagination will run away with you. as soon, I mean, you be plotting in your brain. I know I'm going to talk to them next time. I'm going to do this. I'm going to wait about five, six hours, and I'm going to send them a message. I'm going to send them a DM. Mm -hmm. You have to make sure that when you're trying to break a soul tie, you don't need to remember where you went and what you did because it will build in you a desire to go back to that person. And I talk about the children of Israel, how God had brought them out. 400 years of bondage, of slavery, brings them out in the wilderness, and then they start complaining, talking about, well, we had onions and leeks back there. Onion soup don't taste good. Onions and leeks, can you imagine what that tasted like? Onions and leeks. Y'all ever had a leek before? All right. Onions and leeks. That's what they used to eat back in Egypt. But you are fantasizing about how good it was when it really wasn't that good. So, yes, you had sex with them, but the shame and the guilt after or the abuse you had to put up from them or the arguments and the frustration that they caused you, you conveniently forget about that. You conveniently forget they were sleeping with you and somebody else. Because that's what, the, that's what happens if you, don't, if you don't deal with the memory of that thing. You'll go back, and you'll get bound up all over again. Um, 2 Corinthians 6, 17, I don't know if I got, got to this. Um, this is why, yes, I did, because this is why you have to get rid of the things. The Bible says, therefore, come out from among them, come out from them, and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. When a person has become an idol in your life, whatever's connected to them has become unclean. And if God is trying to free you from a soul tie, you have to cut off anything that's toxic. Okay? This is um, this is what I did not give you. Number four, write this down. Forgive the person of any wrongs done. Because Priscilla was in the spirit. If you have any unforgiveness in your heart against that person, you must choose to release that bitterness and forgive that person because the Bible is clear and it says over and over that bitterness defiles a man it's bitterness that defiles you so you have to forgive that person of any wrongs that have been done already talked about it so let me keep going number five write this down you got to renounce any covenants made with the person now let's get out in deep waters renounce any covenants that you made with that person We're about to get real deep and it's going to get quiet and that's all right. If you have made any spoken commitments, vows, or you have simply said to them, I will love you forever. It binds you to that person. That's why you're no longer with them, no longer sleeping with them, but you are still tied to them because you have have not renounced any covenants that you made with that person. Um, I love April, but April, one of the things that works my nerves about April is she is so serious about what you speak out your mouth. So if you say something, April will tell you, don't be speaking that over my life. Like girl, I was just playing with you. But there's a principle in that that I think we miss, that we take it as a joke, but that is real. The tongue is capable of binding the soul, and it creates a soul tie. Watch this, April. This thing blessed me. Proverbs 6 and 2. Look what the Bible says. You have been trapped by what you said, ensnared by the words of your mouth. You have spoken a covenant. I would love you to the end of time. That's why you still bound up. Because they ain't loving you no more. You need to renounce. You need to basically take back what you said verbally. I'm going to get real deep. Send me a message if you want to. I don't care. Watch this. This might explain why no relationships have ever worked out since. Because you still tied up to the covenant that you made to the first one. You need to renounce that thing. You need to literally say, I renounce having said that I will never be able to love another man like I loved him. Because now you are actually living that out. So the fool, you spoke that over. That's real. That's real. Because the Bible says you have been trapped by what you said ensnared by the words of truth. So God can send anybody in your life, but because you are still covenantly by your words tied to that person, you can't move on because you still connected to that back there. You got to renounce it. I renounce every time I said I'll never love another person like I love them. I renounce every time I said. It's, see, this is what we don't like. We get uncomfortable with this because we feel like, oh, we just got to be so wide open. No, the Lord says you got to call that thing what what it is and realize that you have spoken some things over your life that now your soul is tied to them by, the, by what you have spoken out your mouth. Look at your neighbor and say, we got to do some renouncing. We got to do some renouncing. <laughs> Saying I'm gonna love you forever. Let's get it to this altar first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because verbally renouncing something carries a lot of weight in the spiritual realm. Just as vows can bind the soul, renouncing can release the soul from the from the bonds. You don't believe me? Here's scripture. Jesus said, "Whatever, whatsoever you." Shall loose will be loosed in heaven and what it, in heaven and in, and on earth. You spoke that thing, and the reason why you still tied up ain't because of the sex, it's because what you've spoken. You got to renounce that thing. And number six, you got to renounce and break the soul tie in Jesus' name. you got to literally say I now renounce and loose myself from any ungodly soul ties formed between myself and then call out their name and I break these ungodly soul ties in Jesus name and every time the memory pops back up renounce it again I promise you though you stay it long enough after a while your feelings will catch up you'll start to see them differently You'll start to engage with them differently. And and I don't mean with them in your own mind. You say, I renounce and loose myself from any ungodly soul ties formed between myself and so-and-so. And and I break these ungodly soul ties in Jesus' name. Because that's the only power that's going to break it." Pastor can pray for you, can lay hands on you. But it's done in Jesus' name. That's the authority. That's the power. It's in Jesus' name. Did y'all get something from this, this teaching on tonight? This, this thing is real, y'all. And this is why I wanted to talk about this because I think that sometimes we don't realize that um, we, we're trying to get beyond stuff um, that we can't get beyond because we're still tied to it. And so I wanted to really dig down into this and make sure that we, we see this from a different perspective. Any questions, any questions? Don't forget Sunday, um, I'm starting a new series on Sunday. Um, We're going to be talking about finances and money. And so you want to make sure you are here for that. Um, I wish I could do a whole nother month of relationships, but um, my job is not to preach you into one. Amen. My job is to free you. Amen. And so that's my assignment. And um, so you want to make sure you're here on Sunday as we go and talk about finances. I declared this at the beginning, even before the year came in, that this year will be the most prosperous year you will ever have in your life. And I need to show you how God is setting this thing up for your life, for you to be as prosperous than you've ever been before. And um, um, this is not just talking about tithing, that that is an aspect of it, but there will be many other aspects of it that I'll be talking about that we need to understand. Um, As God grows this church and continues to do what he does best, we have to be so mindful that we have to sow into the kingdom so that what God does here, I believe what he does here, he will do in your house. I believe that. And so I'm excited about what where, where God is doing, where he's taking us. Um, all right. And that's it. Everybody standing? Everybody standing? I want to say thank you so much to uh, 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 Maisha and uh, Joni and uh, Pastor Winchell for leading us in worship. Um, I want to say uh, thank you to our musicians.